Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Coming up on the broadcast today, the week that was, and it was quite a week, a telemarketer like you have never, ever heard. And also, if you liked it, you should have put a ring on it. Beyonce is back from American Public Media. This is Marketplace. Marketplace is a nonprofit listener-supported service. To keep our coverage strong and relevant, please make a tax-deductible gift to Marketplace today. Your gift in any amount helps us keep you up to date and well-informed wherever you are. Donate at Marketplace.org by December 31st. I'm Kai Rizdahl. This is the Marketplace Podcast for Friday, the 13th of December. Good as always to have you with us. It is the end of a week in which we saw new rules for the financial markets, compromise of a budgetary nature in Congress, some other economic odds and ends as well. So we are going to get going today with the week that was. For that, we've got Felix Hammond from Reuters. He is actually in Los Angeles today while I am in New York. Catherine Rampell from the New York Times is with us as well. Hey, guys. Good hey, afternoon. Guys. How, how do you like the new studios, Felix? Pretty nice, huh? New studio smell. It's lovely. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. So let me, Catherine, start with you and ask you, which is more significant for the future of the American economy, uh, of the events that happened this week? The Volcker Rule, uh, the new rules for the financial markets, or uh, the budget compromise in Washington? Which is a bigger deal? I think there are still a lot of open questions about the Volcker Rule and exactly how tightly it'll be enforced. Um, so I'm going to cop out and say, well, we know a bit more <laughs> about um, about right. the the budgetary plan. So in that respect, you know, it's it's a more tangible effect anyway. Uh, that we can, all right, fair we can enough. Felix, about. same question to you. We also know that the budget plan is going to have zero effect from 2016 onwards. It's just a very short-term budgetary stopgap, whereas the Volcker Rule is going to exist in perpetuity. So if you take the long wow. view, I'm going to say the Volcker Rule. All right. Perpetuity is a long time. Do you not actually think, Felix, that they're going to figure out uh, ways to take care of the sequester, which is what you know the budget deal did, in the out years after 2016? Well, I hope, sincerely hope, that this is not the way they do it, by putting together little two-year plans and cobbling them together sequentially, like when one runs out, they'll put in the next one. That's the absolute worst way of doing it. Uh, no, 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 no. The, the absolute worst way is the way they've been doing it for the past three, four years. True that. As long as you manage to avoid the debt ceiling craziness right. and the government shutdowns, then you're better than the sort of standard dysfunction. Right. But can't we just have a grown-up government for once? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. We can't do that. Catherine, here, here's the question, though. Does this deal, baby steps though it may have been, does it not open the way for substantive discussion on issues of conscience for these parties? Entitlement, Social Security and welfare, uh, uh, debt limit, those kinds of things. One would hope, but they still haven't addressed the debt limit issue. I mean, that was one of the one of the big question marks that we still have about these budget discussions that people had hoped would be answered already. So, I, I mean, I'm I, I'm not sure that there's reason to hope that this will get resolved in in perpetuity anytime soon. It'll again probably be something that just keeps on getting pushed, you know, maybe temporarily patched and then pushed off. Mm-hmm. Um, other issues, you know, entitlements are still very much a third rail. Um, that's the thing that, you know, probably has the biggest long-term impact on our budget, particularly health care anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very uncomfortable for either party to talk about it without alienating a lot of their base. Felix, uh, I, I wonder uh, what your take is on, on the space that it has, this has given us to, to deal with some of these more important issues. 
as Kevin says, the number one thing we should do, because it's incredibly easy, is just abolish the debt ceiling. Every party which has ever been in the White House, which is both of them, will agree, if they've ever <laughs> been in the White House, that we should, we should abolish this debt ceiling. If they can't do that, the chances of them being able to do anything else which makes sense has, have got to be pretty slim. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a, a sort of a sideways turn here and raise a name in macroeconomic circles and economic policy circles that we haven't actually talked about a lot. But this week, the name of Stanley Fisher was raised as a possible vice chair to Janet Yellen at the Federal Reserve. He is coming out of a stint uh, running the, the central bank in Israel. Felix, do you think that's going to matter in terms of Fed policy for the next you know, couple of years if, if he does, in fact, get that nod? First, it has to be said, Stan Fisher is a monetary policy demigod. You can't get any more respected than Stan Fisher. He, 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 he was Ben Bernanke's PhD thesis. And Larry Summers' advisor yeah, right. and Mario Draghi's. You name-